page tests on the bottom, the last line of page tests. This is uh, this is part of the of the conversation that that the Rebbe is having with parents and with mechanchem and teachers by way of introduction. After that, he has a he has a conversation with the with the children, with the students, and then the sefer really begins. So the Rebbe was was defining, was helping us understand the meaning of the word chinuch, what chinuch actually is, and um, and that's what we're, we're we're in the middle of the idea of chinuch being able, meaning to prepare somebody, to prepare the child, to prepare the individual by drawing out from him his particular kaychus. So the Rebbe continues and explains at the last line of page test. Rebbe says, I'm not, the purpose here is not, the, the purpose here in the Sefer is not to get involved in the methodology of, of pedagogy. I'm not going to be I'm not going to be suggesting ways of developing the intellect of the student developing curriculum and helping him understand the meaning of Torah that's not the point of this sefer. He says, right now, what I'm what I'm seeking in this sefer is not is not the intellect of the Torah. Well, of course, that's important how to teach and what he's learning, but it's not the point of this sefer. That's not what I'm seeking. Like is Talmud. This sefer is written for Kolat Talmud, for the entirety of the student. As a nefesh, his soul, as a ruach and neshama, shall hayelad hayisraeli the the deeper spiritual essence of a Jewish of a Jewish child on mechaps, and that's what we're seeking. Lakashvan belukei Yisrael, and to take the neshama, to take the soul of a Jew, and to attach it to the God of Israel. Kadeshi yeh Yehudi charei l'dvar Hashem v'chol ma'avayev, that he should be a Jew that is that is fully and completely. Devoted to Hashem in every respect. And this is what I'm seeking to accomplish in this Sefer. Every, every father, every parent, and every teacher knows that the children and the students who are little, when they're little and they're before them, Every every parent and every teacher knows that lo yishau bekatnusa that they're not going to remain they're not going to remain little children forever they're not going to be little children. Rakis gadlu viyula noshim gedolim ashonim they're going to grow and to be and to be older people. And hopefully one day they'll become great in the study of Torah. They'll become gedolim great people. Nevertheless, <coughs> this the Rebbe now sees as one of the major problems in parenting and in teaching. What he's going to explain now. That even though the Rebbe and the, and the parent, obviously they know that, that the child is not going to remain little, 
he says, Mikovakam nevertheless, there are parents and teachers whose entire tachlis in dealing with a kid is only the child that they see right now in front of them. In other words, how can I get the kid to understand this? How can I get the child to behave properly? And since these people, the adults, only see children in front of them, their entire goal and objective is to teach them to be good children to be good children in school to be good children at home and all these teachers and parents are trying to do is to is to infuse the child with a level of Torah and fear of Hashem in accordance, in proportion to the nature of the child who's sitting in front of them. And that's enough. That was the child understood the, understands his material, and he was a good boy today, and that's enough. Enough. The truth is, a teacher or a parent like this, is sinning, sorry, strong words, is sinning against Hashem and the Jewish people. What does that mean? Why is that a sin? He's a good boy, she's a good girl, he behaved in class, he did well on his test. Sounds like it's great. A successful day of teaching. In, at home, the child did what he was supposed to and acted nicely and had their hurts and so on. And the Rebbe says it's a, it's a sin against Hashem and the Jewish people. He's because the point is that a, a teacher and a parent has to know that in their presence, even though these are little children right now, that contained within those little children are future tzaddikim, future gadoli yisrael, the leaders of the Jewish people, the greatest tzaddikim, all these people in the world. And, they, and, and the responsibility of a parent, of a teacher, is to be mechanech, as he explained what that means last week, to be mechanech and to, to prepare and to reveal and to reveal the inner, the inner kochus of that future of that future godly soul. Therefore, the way that a parent and the way that a Rebbe, a teacher, should look at the little child is as a gevaldik in the sham, in the shamas gedolus, as somebody that has an unbelievable soul, which is still, which is still very, which is still very young, and still very raw. And that the parent and the Rebbe have the responsibility to cause that neshama gedola, that great soul of the child, that of the that future God will be Israel, to to blossom, to grow. Therefore, he says, that every parent and every teacher is a gardener in Hashem's garden. La'ob the l'sham. That's why I explained this. Why it's even called by the by the garden is called also kindergarten. 
a garden of children. The understanding that the responsibility of the, the responsibility of a teacher, the responsibility of a parent, is not just that this should be a good kid, or not just to impose my way of thinking or my way of life upon a child, but to be able to cause that inner soul, that greatness of spirit, to grow and to develop and to blossom within the child. And you can tell when you meet a teacher like that or when there's a home like that. You can tell. So he says that parents and teachers are gardeners in Hashem's garden. Abdul the Shoma to work and to guard. Therefore, even if you see, you have in your house a child or in class, a child who seems to be bitter, or Midas Roslaham, or a child who has Midas Ros, who has Shlachta Midas, who has what's terrible characteristics. Yehidu, you should know. One should know that this is the nature of the seed of the soul and, and, and all of these future, of these malachim, of these angels. That like the seeds of a, of, of a delicious, of a delicious tr- uh, fruit tree, that the seeds themselves are bitter. And what you have in front of you, you have here a, a child who's acting in a terrible way. So what parents and teachers often will do is that they'll, they'll touch up, they'll, they'll come to the conclusion that this child is uh, this type of a person. And that the child is no good. And, and, and that teacher will conduct the class and will relate to that child in such a way. The parents will relate to that child in such a way. Instead of recognizing that even the seed of the most delicious fruit tree, that those seeds are bitter in the beginning. When, when it's just the beginning, they're very, very bitter. But later on, become filled with nectar, become filled with sweetness. If they're properly nurtured and properly cared for, like the tree. This is a sign that every teacher and every parent should have up in this, all over his house and all over the classroom. There is no, there is no absolutely evil nature or quality in a Jewish child. There is no such thing in a Jewish child, an absolutely evil neither or a nature that is evil. There's no such thing. It can't be. Kfaharunu Kedoshe Yisrael. The Holy of Israel, the Jew of, the, of our people have taught us. Marana Baal Shemtov is Salmida Vachrav Zechasaydim of Rachel. The Baal Shemtov and his students after him. Rachid Srikim Ladas. What do we have to know? We have to know, we have to know, we have to realize. Eich Lishamish Behem Ulagadlan. How to treat the child. How to deal with this seed that right now is bitter, but contains within, contains within it the potential of the sweetest, most delicious fruit. Lamosha, for instance. In of So you have a student in class who is extremely stubborn. And stubbornness, stubbornness is a bad midah. Now, since we're so used to, since we're so used to, to, to seeing this in adults, and in, and in the case of an adult, 
when we see this, we, um, we, we come to the conclusion that this person is, is, is someone that has a terrible meat of Akshanas, and this is an evil trait, and there's something inherently wrong with the person. So because of that, when you see in a child a certain meat of Akshanas, you come to the conclusion that this is also something evil in the child. When you see that stubbornness. And the teacher suffers greatly from this child because of his stubbornness. He is biting the Hayakashi, he is galloping a couple of times, but this Rebbe should think about this. That when this child grows up and he accepts upon himself a life of Torah and serving Hashem, that when that child grows up, how that midah of Akshonis, of stubbornness, will then be, will translate into what? Into a stubbornness and to a self-sacrifice, to mysterious nefesh and serving Hashem. He's not going to be wishy-washy. He's not going to bend. He's not, he's not going to compromise. He's going to be stubborn, but in a holy way. This is the essence of the teaching of the Baal Shem Tov. He's not going to be somebody that's easily persuaded or that because he goes to a place where they behave differently that he's going to start acting like they do. So many people, so many Jews in shul going to act a certain way. And then the secondary work, you would think it's a different person. If you have a tape recorder, you hear the person in the morning davening and learning, it's unbelievable. And then at work, you hear somebody talking to you, you have a tape recorder, an hour later at work. So they're talking to you and he becomes like that person who's talking to him at work. He becomes like, he changes. He's got, as he goes to the day, when he comes home, he has a different personality with his wife and kids. And with different friends, he has a different personality. But he's constantly changing. His entire life is, is, is perm, one disguise to another. But the Rebbe says that this child is teva, he's an action, he's a, he has an actionist. That means is in, as a child, it makes you crazy. He's very hard to have in a class. But if the Rebbe realizes, the parent realizes that this, if this is directed properly, and this child is, if, if this kaiach is brought out in holiness, and he and he's a person that becomes more and more attached to, this, to Torah and to Tefillah and to Mitzvahs and so on, that that very same trait of Akshonis, of stubbornness, is going to serve him very well in the future. That he's going to be, he's going to be a Jew wherever he goes, and he's not going to be somebody that can be taken away or persuaded, or that he's easily changed because of the people that he's amongst and different things that are going on in the world, but he remains consistent. That every Jew, that every Jew has the ability to reach this madrega of being, of being kechayma, being like a wall, of being like a fortress, that nothing will change him, that he is who he is, and this is the way that he, and this is the way that no matter where he is, this is how he conducts himself. That takes a tremendous amount of stubbornness. That takes a, a tremendous amount of akshanas. Now, if you break the child, if you destroy him, and you try to change his personality that he's not in action, instead of drawing out from him a purposeful, holy way of using the actionist, but if you try instead to break the actionist, you're going to have a broken person. Now, 
But if you, if you handle the child properly, in every area of Yiddishkeit, he's going to be strong like a, like a fortified wall, like a fortified city. Therefore, let's say the parent or the rabbi sees a child who has a mid of kaas of anger. Is a temper the child, and the parents of the rabbi keep on screaming and yelling in their anger that he should that it's not nice that he has such a mid of anger. There's no question that that this media and the way that the child is using it is terrible. Kaas anger. But because of this, because of what you see in front of you right now, does that give the rabbi or the teacher uh, or the parent the right to come to a decision, to come to a conclusion, and to put a stamp on him? That he's filled with poison, that there's something poisonous, there's something, there's something inherently wrong with him. How quick a parent is to make this decision, how quick a rabbi is to come to this conclusion. To say, but Teva, his nature is that he's bad. He's got a bad nature. Wouldn't we laugh at an idiot and a fool? There's a fool who heard about how delicious an Esrog is. And he takes a, he takes an undeveloped uh, an esrog that's not yet ripened. Or he takes the seeds of an esrog and he and he eats it. And he starts screaming and yelling, "Prima virus, you esrog! The esrog is good, but you crazy. It's poison. The esrog is poison." We won't live in such, an, in such a person. Wait! The Esrik hasn't reached its prime. Its inner light hasn't, isn't yet shining. Its kaiches haven't yet been developed, the Esrik. Wait a minute. Wait, wait until it becomes ripened, fully ripened. Then you'll see how sweet it is. Can anybody imagine how a good teacher, a good menahel, a good mechanech, a good teacher, a good, a good principal, how it's possible to take that anger, that cast of the child, and to use it in a productive way and to draw out the good from the child? When the Rebbe is able to penetrate into the depths of the child, and draw him near, and you, you, you cause his, his heart and his soul to become inflamed. This is a passionate Jew. This little Balkas, this little angry kid who doesn't know what to do with this, with the tumult that's inside. He doesn't know what to do with that fire that's inside of him. So what does he do? So he yells and he screams and he carries on and he, and he throws something and he's angry all the time. <coughs> that's what's going on. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't have a kalim to deal with all of that fire, with all of that passion. But if 
a Rebbe is able to penetrate to the depths of the child and to be makar of him. The Yalav is living of Nafshi, he must assume Hashem to be devoted to Hashem. This is going to turn into a holy fire. This is going to become something which is an Eishamala, a fire that draws him closer and draws other Jews closer to Hashem. Every every mice that he does in the service of Hashem will be like fiery coals, like a burning coal. And all of his words when he learns and in davening will be will be will will, will boom like what like that his words will be filled with fire. When he davens, when he learns. And the Rav, the Balatanya, Zechor Levrocha wrote the Sidur in the Sidur of the Tanya. The Peyush Kegavne, the Tfilah Mehazoy, by Kabbalah Shabbos, the Mesach of Kabbalah Shabbos. So the, the Tanya writes there in his Sidur of his Elisha, these are the words of the Balatanya. Hachamimus Shabakas, the warmth that is hidden in anger. Where does the where does that fire of the temper of a person's temper comes from? It comes from the warmth of a Jewish heart. The fire that's within the heart. And therefore the Tanya says, any person who by nature has a temper, he has, and he's completely prepared to draw the nature of his heart, to draw his nature into what? Into, into a fiery craving and yearning for holiness. Those are the words of the Baltanya. You take a person who in his nature is a, is a Balkas. He has this temper. Now right now again, it's very difficult to deal with. But in the future, this person, he finds within himself that there's something wrong. There's something that he's doing that's not right. He'll be filled with anger against what? Against that meter that's inside of him. Against that mistake that he made. Against what needs to be corrected. He'll be, he'll be about cast, but the cast is not going to be used in a negative way. The cast will be used to, to destroy that which is, that which is wrong inside. Whereas a person with less of a temper would say, all right, listen, I have to give this more time. There's no reason to get so upset with this problem, with what's wrong. But here, this, this, this person is a Balkas, and a Balkas will attack. But instead of attacking a friend, or instead of attacking a parent, he's going to attack that hate, that avery, that sin. He's going to attack that problem. And as Yitzhah HaTov Yargis, and he's going to awaken and animate and excite his Yetzirah Tov, his good inclination. Vesarami Kirbo, Yashlech. And he's going to cast away, push away and reject with a temper, with an anger, with a passion. All that is wrong inside of him is Yetzirah. Not like a, a calmer person who said to the Yetzirah, please my entire and my precious friend, please leave me alone today. And if you talk that way to the Yetzirah, it's like, 
doesn't go. The Yitzhara is, the Yitzhara is more tkifus. The Yitzhara is straw. So when you talk to the Yitzhara and you're, you're big Balmidas, you know, you're very big Balmidas. You always talk to everybody in a very sweet and gentle way. Your whole nature is very sweet and gentle. That works for you when it comes to friends and family. But when it comes to your Yitzhara, if you're so gentle, it's not going to work. Because the Yitzhara comes with the tkifus. The Yitzhara comes with, this, with strength. The Yitzhara comes with kas, with anger. But and you're and you're tired and and you're weak. So a person has to fight against Amalek in such a way. A person has to be angry. A person has to Amalek. Not to say, oh listen, let's forgive and forget. Right? The Yitzhar comes to Yitzhar, you can't be forgiving when it comes to Yitzhar. You can't be forgiving. <clears throat> there has to be relentless, relentless. And that's the nature of a Balkas. That's the nature of a Balkas. He doesn't stop, he doesn't give up until he destroys the enemy. Whereas a person who's a, a, a sweet and, and kind can be much more, can be much more uh, liberal when dealing with a Yetzirah. So that's really saying not to eradicate no, the point is not eradicating. That's what most parents and, and, and teachers try to do. To just to to destroy that meter. Because why? Because anger is disgusting. What's the matter with you? Stubbornness is disgusting. Instead, what this whole Sefer is about, this is just an introduction. The entire Sefer, which is a basic introduction to the Balderach HaMashamtev, the entire Sefer is, how do I take Akshanis and develop it? How do I take a child who's a Balkaz and work with that child, specifically, to bring out from the child this fire and davening and learning and fighting with the Yetzirah, instead of, instead of fighting with the brothers and sisters, instead of fighting with the teacher, and fighting with himself in, in a destructive way. How do I draw out that Korach in a, in a positive way? This child who is the Tevez of Balkas, so he will be able to what? Not only, he'll be able to destroy that, to be able to destroy that radis within him, that, that thing that he finds wrong within himself. He says, now when it comes to talking to other Jews, so when he's a kid, he doesn't know how to use this fire, so he might insult people and it's going to be a problem. But when he's older, he's going to be the kind of a person that with a few words, not to insult, he's not going to put down, but with a few, he, has, he has such conviction in those few words, you know, there's such a passion that's infused into his words that, that with a sentence, with two sentences, he's going to be able to help people. He's going to be able, that's what, he's, that's what the Rebbe is saying. He'll be able to speak simple words. But they'll boil and bubble like a, like a stormy ocean that will come out from him and will wash away the imperfections of other Jews. Not again, he was a kid, he was saying, I hate you, you're an idiot, and you're fighting and screaming. But now, so come in, I'll say a Maim Chazal, I'll say a Posik, I'll say over some Torah that he heard, or a story, and it's going to be with a brand, with a fire, a Mamish, and it can wash away all the difficulties that another Jew is having. The guy, Menishmas, will also call Holy Vikesim, Yimasu, he will be able to melt and uproot. 
even the difficulties that are, that are even those things that are troubling the neshama, the soul of another Jew. And he says, this is, he says, the heart is sick with, with, with anguish and is worried. And the hair is standing on end. Why? What, what, what are we so upset about? He says, what am I so upset about? He says, I'm looking at the young generation, at the youth. How so many of the young people have become kaifrim, have rejected Yiddishkeit altogether. This was something that anybody that tells you that you know this is an old thing. Anybody tells you that everything was so everybody was so religious in Europe, and everybody was perfect, and, and you know back in the if you think that in Warsaw everybody was everybody was such a Yerushalayim, it simply wasn't it was not the case, and there were many many in, in that generation, especially after World War One. There was that coup for that period. Many, many, many young people going away from from Yiddishkeit, going away from Yiddishkeit. They were looking for other causes. They were looking for different things, but many were going away from Yiddishkeit. And Rabbi says, and he looks at the generation. How many? So many of the young people have become kaifim, have become heretics, atheists. Now they've rejected Yiddishkeit, but they also they also kfirim, and their opinions are filled with kfirim. I look at so many of the young people that don't have any emunah, they have no faith. They despise God who created them. And they despise the Jewish people who are God's servants. He says the Menalim, the principals and the heads of the yeshivas, who spend most of their time in the yeshivas together with their students. And who do the rabbis see? The ones that remain in yeshiva and they see wonderful boys sitting in yeshiva, the ones who are learning. Those are the good kids, so to speak. <coughs> Those are the ones who are learning. That's what, that's what they see in yeshiva. So they comfort themselves and they say, it's still going on, more than ever. They comfort themselves and they say, Hey, Emes, it's true that there are many, many non-religious Jews nowadays. Thank God the Jewish people have not been abandoned. Look, look at my students. Look how beautiful my students are. I have 12 Twelve boys, look how they're learning, isn't it beautiful? Even though I know that there are, within the radius of a few blocks, 120,000 who would never look into a safer. But look how wonderful my boys are. And, and, uh, but the Rebbe says, let these Rebbe's, let these Rosh Hashivas stick their heads out of the let, let them stick their heads four Amas out of their own Yeshivas. And that's, and that's in Warsaw, at the beginning of the 20th century. Can you imagine? Now you don't have to stick your head out of the yeshiva, they're walking up and down the holes in the yeshiva also. He says, let, let these, let these yeshivas stick their heads out of, uh, out of, uh, out of the yeshivas for Amis. The Let them look at the vast multitudes of, of completely secular, non-religious Jews. So in this Malam Yichorbonash Yerushalayim, that means that, that's the expression of Chazal, that Rome is, is built 
Hutzor is built from the destruction of Yerushalayim, meaning that that the multitudes of non-religious Jews that filled the streets of the city are the ones who are supposed to be in yeshiva learning Torah. There's a churban that's taking place, he says, in the in the in the world of Torah, and the and the crowds and the and the multitudes on the streets of the city who are, who are totally abandoned Yiddishkeit. That's the you see that you see that Rome is being built is from the destruction of Yerushalayim that it's being built. The Bate Medrash that were once filled with Jews learning Torah are empty. And instead you could see groups, you could see theaters, right? Theaters and bars, poetry societies, you know, literary groups, museums, and so on that are filled. This medrash is empty, and these places are filled with groups of Jews whose entire purpose is kefira. All the, the socialists and the Buddhists and the Zionists that that was that, that 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 were these groups that were developing in those days, which were groups that filled with fear of rejection of Yiddishkeit, rejection of Torah mitzvahs, and these were largely people. Ninety-five percent of them had fathers with long beards and payas. And his mothers were going around, you know, the bushkas and that they were saying pillum all day. And and then the uh, and the streets were filled with the with these with these Jews who had left Yiddishkeit. And their children and grandchildren now are all the non religious Jews and the ones who are intermarrying it's all from it's all from them. In the old days, the Bali Malacha, the working people, the merchants, even though they weren't they weren't scholars. Still, they were they were good faithful Jews. They were good Jews. But now, when you look at the youth these days, they've wandered away. They've fallen into into a dark pit. He's like, what are we, are we crazy? We're going to be satisfied with a tiny little group of students that are in yeshiva? These few that are in the yeshiva? What do you think, that, these, that the couple of kids that you have in yeshiva, this is Ami Yisrael Kulo? This is the Jewish people? This is the Jewish people? You hear people that talk about Europe before. Yes, they're like, in all of Lithuania, how many guys were learning in yeshivas? In all of Lithuania, how many guys were in yeshivas? Maybe, maybe a thousand? Maybe a thousand? Like, and it's the same thing here. You know, I always think about the people like you have these the, the people that are doing the PR for the you know for the uh, like the Bali Chuva, all, all the Kirov organizations. You would think that they're like are a hundred thousand Bali Chuvas learning in in, in Orsameach and in Kalyakov and, and in Shayoshev and in Chabad. You think they're like hundreds of thousands. What are you talking about altogether? Three hundred? <laughs> Not even. Go to the yeshivas, go. I mean, they have very nice brochures and stuff. Go to see what you talk. How are we talking about altogether? The Balshuva movement. There is no movement. What kind of movement? There's a much bigger movement towards Jones Beach in, in July. A movement. There's all, all 
PR is Hanarishkeit. There's no movement. What kind of movement? This is Am Yisrael? This Am Yisrael? And they tell you, like, it's Yisrael, like, you know, these people, this, this lady called up, for, she wanted to she give money from the shul for anything. She says that, that they have right now in Yisrael a million balay tshuva. I said, well, don't be a favor, lady. Give me a million balay tshuva. I believe that there are probably three and a half, four million people who have a tshuva, who, who inside their hearts want to change. But don't, don't start with this, you know, this business of the, the mass, the mass, you know, the multitudes are, are all, you know, coming back and you know then they show you these films that they have you know and everybody got this this guy with long hair some Israeli guy goes up crying and the Rebbe comes and t- cuts off his hair and then they hey, you know, so come on you know, dealing with the idiots this is a, this is what's going on the whole you just there's a whole call yourselves being transformed you just have to walk in the streets of Tel Aviv for, for five minutes when this army is so go to Eilat go to Natanya just take a trip around there to Saul. We'll be out of our minds because you go to Bnei Brak and you saw him, so you think there's Klai Yisrael. There's the whole Am Yisrael. Because we stay there, like, you know, we grew up this way. Because, oh, look at, you know, we show the children, look, everybody's religious. You see that? If you, go, if you go a block away from Central Avenue, and you go look in Barapalk and Flatbush and Muncie, this is, this is Klai Yisrael? What is this? It's a tiny fraction of Klai Yisrael. It's a piece. I'm sure piece of Klai Yisrael. And even and even here we have all kinds of craziness and services. If this would at least be authentic Yiddishkeit, this is also not how much happening. But but this is this is Am Yisrael. This is Am Yisrael. What's the Rebbe saying in his time? Like, are we fooling ourselves? He says these Rosh Hashivas they, they, they comfort themselves saying, look what a wonderful, look this one finished his Masechta and I have it and there's such good nice boys in my yeshiva. That's Klai Yisrael. Well, Hashem, so those boys, thank God. That's terrific, but that's not Klai Yisrael. What happened, he said, to the Jewish people? 150, 200 years ago, 150, 200 years ago, 98, 99% of the Jews were Shemitah and Mitzvahs. Were observant Jews. What happened to Klai Yisrael? What's going on? Now we come to the ones that are in Yeshiva. He says, okay, so the Yeshiva is proud that he has here in Yeshiva. My Yeshiva, he's got 30 guys, 40 guys. And his Yeshiva. So the Rebbe says, can we really be completely secure with the boys that are in Yeshiva? Are we fooling ourselves to think that we've done all that we have to do? To see to it that when they grow up, they're going to be Elohim, God-fearing Jews? Honest, hard-working. God-fearing people. Okay. The boys that already are older and they've reached the higher grades, and we see that they're, you know, that they're, they're going, it's going well. And certainly those that have already reached the level of Torah, where they're able to teach Torah and they're able to paskin and halach, and they're they're already much, they've already developed to a much more mature type of a Yiddishkeit. They fill themselves with Torah and with, with Avodah. So the Rebbe says, They're not completely, says, but we feel more secure with these Chavah. And this, this looks like, these look like they're going to be okay. They look like they're going to be okay. There's Hashem. Now that's also not true. That's not necessarily true. That's not necessarily true. There are many, many people that when, when they were in Yeshiva, and even when they were in the Kodl, they were like from the Choshevah guys and the Kodl, the Choshevah guys. And then years later, 
you meet them, you see it's nothing. So we're, but we're more comfortable that they will remain throughout their lives in the Behechel uh, Kodesh in Hashem's holy place. Will all of the children reach this higher level? These higher classes? There are so many of the little ones that they're not going to be able to come to that higher level of, of learning. The Yotzim Beratzla Ba'onis the Mishar, and either either willfully or against their will, they're going to have to go out to business. They're going to have to go to work. They're not going to reach that level of sitting and learning for many years and so on. All the they have to go to work. Chazal already said that a thousand will come to the yeshiva, but maybe one will come out who is a person of Talmud Chacham. Maybe one from the thousand will go in, maybe one will come out of Talmud Chacham. And, and how, can be, how can we be certain? That when this boy leaves yeshiva, that he won't turn into a person of Mechal Shabbos. He won't go. He won't, won't go against everything. As we see with our eyes, it's happening all the time. Why is it that we're not? Why are we trying to figure something out? Even he says, okay, even without, forget about the ones that are outside yeshiva. But the ones that are inside yeshiva, are we doing enough? Are we thinking about how to how to reach into their kishkes, into their neshamas? Hello, kola Hashem nimsa He says, when you look out on the street, you see all these older kids or these adults that are mechalal neshamas. They were all once by us. They, they, we, we had them once. I mean, that they were once part of the of the total world. <coughs> Didn't he go to our cheder? He was once in our yeshiva. How could we how could we leave him? How could we just reject him? So without how could we let this kid leave our yeshiva? So even if he has to leave early, meaning at a younger age, how could we let him go? So without tying him up as an his soul of Hashem will also be so when he's a child to tie him up to the Torah Hashem. In such a way that the Iskayim Gavad Ace that it will last with him, it will stay with him for the rest of his life. We're not, we're not succeeding. We're failing, he says in this. We're failing terribly in this. That you have boys that when they're in the yeshiva, they're learning and so on, but then afterwards it's finished. There's no shaykhs. Nothing was, nothing was really changed inside of them. Nothing was changed. We didn't get to the neshamas. We didn't get to the we didn't get to their hearts. The neshamas, and therefore, once they're out of yeshiva, and they see this and they see that, they become ex- they, be- they they say, well, if I wasted my time in yeshiva, I could have had so much fun. I could have enjoyed myself." The <coughs> chalal, he says. He says in general, we are in the habit of looking at this at the youth that are that are turning away from Yiddishkeit in such a way. We in general blame the youth. It's their fault. That's the way people. It's their fault. This is a rotten kid. And look at my other my other son is such a nice mentor. 
Look at my other students, they're so wonderful. So this, you know, what are you going to do? There's a rotten apple in every bunch. What do you mean? This kid's no good. It's not my fault, it's his fault. Right? They're the only ones that are to blame. The kids are to blame. We're clean, innocent. The adults are innocent. And when we called Sidkas Avram Avinu Hiska Hashem Amalav, you know that there was a lot that the Torah could have said about Avram Avinu. A lot the Torah could have said. But the one thing that, that Hashem, out of all the millions of good things and nice things that Hashem could have said about Avram Avinu, what did Hashem praise? What was the greatest praise that Hashem had for Avram Avinu? Ki Yedati Hashem says, I know him as such a person, that he has taught his children and the members of his household to continue upon the path of Hashem. That's the greatest praise that, you could, that Hashem has for a Jew. Kol Dorva Dorbi Yisrael. Every generation. Every Jewish generation is a tabaz b'shal shalos ha-yuchsen shalonu. It's a link in the chain that goes all the way back to Rosh Hashanah that goes all the way back to Avram Avinu. And that chain that will, that will continue on to Mashiach Sikainu. And call Dor Mekabalamuna. You can't say that all the kids are messed up. It's the kids' fault. Because it's the kids' fault because every generation is linked to the earlier generation. And it's a continuation of a chain that comes from Avinu. And Avinu gave over Yiddishkeit. And there's something wrong if we're not giving it over to the children. It's not just the children's fault. Your service of Hashem, your Abayi Hashem, was meant to be given over to the generation that follows you. This is the way that the Jewish people have survived. Thank God, even in our generation, the chain hasn't, hasn't stopped. We're trying to give the Torah to the next generation. But let's take a look. Let's think. Really, Rebbe asks, is it only the children that are guilty? The young people? Is it their guilt? Is it their blame? Aren't they also descendants of Rabbi Yitzhak Yaakov? Don't they also have holy Jewish souls? The Rebbe says, why should we deceive ourselves, fool ourselves? The Teruts want to receive it from us. It's no good. I'm offering the Torah. But he doesn't want it. Because they refuse to accept it from me. He says, He says, yeah, there is some, there is blame, there is guilt by the young generation, and that's what he's going to talk about to the kids. But their problem is, because they, more and more they're refusing to listen. And so the Rebbe says, look, If we take a look at these criminals that are that are walking on the meetings, he's saying that 
of course, he's just being sarcastic. He says, if you look at these who we consider to be the criminals, the Pesha, these non who are now non-religious, if these were people with the same problems, who lived in the earlier generations, right? Who the Bedeshiv would have met, or the, or the Rebbe Abzushi would have met. You think they wouldn't have heard from the Bedeshiv? You think these people wouldn't have been able to receive Torah from, their, from, from, from those people? You don't think that you don't think that in those days, in the earlier years, that the young people didn't have difficulties, they didn't have problems, and yet they were able to grow into tzaddikim, into great people. At least it can be simple Jews, but elohim, God-fearing, simple believing Jews. Just like the, just like he says that that those young people grew up amongst adults who were more God fearing, more devoted to Hashem than us. In this respect, also in educating in educating the next generation, the early generations who were had 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 a much much greater understanding of what needed to be given over. So the easiest thing is to just blame the internet or to blame television and to blame society and to blame the kid and to blame you know, everything except oneself. Even in our times, each generation has its own its own difficulties, its own struggles, only its own. But even in our times, if you just kind of be given over in the way that the Rebbe is going to teach us in the Sefer, it's possible to 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 produce tzaddikim and kedoshim in our homes, in our schools, and to reach out to other Jews, to to reach out to Jews who are, who are no longer observant. My wife once told me that she she was at a shir, and there was a there was an old rebbetzin, a survivor of the Holocaust, that said something that shook her up very much. She said that she said from those I'm trying to, to remember. From those women who are Moisa Nefesh, who are on such a level to go into ice water, to go to Mikveh, into ice water, to keep the mistress of Taras Meshpacha, of the family, came children who were prepared to go into the crematorium, into the fires of Kiddush Hashem. It's a, it's a very strong film. It shook my wife up a lot. Can you imagine now there's a Mikveh that doesn't have the right temperature? Oh. <laughs> Whatever it is, like, you know, 74.2. <laughs> and I said, oh, no, I'm sorry. That's not what I want in my college test. There's no cold mikvah. Not for me. I'm sorry. So how are you going to produce Jews who are fiery Jews from such cold parents? That's the problem. That's the problem. If parents are cold, then the children are freezing. That's a cloud go. It's always one notch down. It's always a notch, more, usually more than one notch. Usually a big drop. 
<laughs> but, but, but the Rebbe is saying is that you don't think the kids had problems in the old days? But they saw their parents, their parents were on fire with Yiddishkeit. And when you have people who are on fire with Yiddishkeit, and they give it over in the way that we're going to talk more about, learn more about, so the kids, the kids were balikas, the kids had problems, so the kids are kids. So we have to seek other ways of being nice and nefesh. So nowadays, thank God, so the person doesn't have to go into cold mikveh. <clears throat> nowadays, nowadays, maybe getting up for minion every day is like going into a freezing cold mikveh. Maybe that, or maybe going to a warm mikveh nowadays is like going to a freezing cold mikveh. <laughs> maybe it's like what it was to go to a cold mikveh. Obviously, there's, a, there's much more of a hester problem living through a difficult time. So even the smaller things now require much more serious nefesh. So, so getting up for minion on time. <clears throat> and going to and trying to keep uh, Chavrus and trying to go to a Seder and, and to learn Torah every night. Some serious nefesh. The, <clears throat> but when but children, a child instinctively knows everyone, we should all be blessed with good, healthy children. That every child knows when they have parents who are Meister Nefesh and when, they, and when their parents are not Meister Nefesh. Every kid knows. My father and mother are Meister Nefesh. Are you just kind of they wouldn't answer the question if you asked them, they said, what are you talking about? What do you mean? They're religious. The kids, you know, they're so, but they know inside of themselves whether their parents are really, really, are really devout, God-fearing people, or they're just playing the game. The kids have their parents touched up. Mamish, <clears throat> if, if they'd be therapists, they'd be getting paid a lot of money. The kids have us pegged. Completely, they can tell. They know they know which parent is on fire, which parent is on, which was on fire, which one is ice. They know 100 percent. And then it translates into things later on, into difficulties later on. And then the parents blame the kid. They look at my kid. What's wrong with my kid? What's wrong with my kid? I I, I go to shul on Shabbos. How many times have parents have told me that? I go to shul on Shabbos. How come my kid doesn't want to go to shul? You go to Shul on Shabbos. What does that mean? What do you, you, you do in Shul? When do you go? What time? What do you do once you get there? Your kids watched you for the last 10, 15 years. Your kids watched you. He, he knows when you get up. He knows that you don't hurry to get to Shul. He sees you sitting around the house. Shul starts, whatever it is, uh, 8.30, quarter to 9, 9 o'clock. He sees whatever Shul starts. He sees you sitting around, having a little bit of a breakfast, schmoozing a little bit, hanging out, taking your time. Then he sees once you get to shul, you have uh, you know you're able to chop the shuls, and uh, then he watches you how you stand there with your siddur upside down, and your eyes half closed, and then you don't understand how come my kid doesn't want to go to shul? I don't get it. I go to shul, so you think that's going to just be ex- you want your kid to be exactly like you? So I the same way that I go to shul, but I couldn't care less about being there. I would at least expect my kid to go and not care about it. <laughs> That's the least he could do. I do that. <laughs> but yeah, you have to be—you have to be an imbecile to think that. The kids are much more honest. See, we, the adults play along because you want to be—you know—you want to be part of the firm society. That's why I just said last week I was talking to you about this, and, and um, I was talking to some wonderful chaverim yesterday about this. Did you see that the—you see that the, the kids that these kids that are that are not uh, that are, that are, so to speak not on the derech. Uh, 
that are, that are off the derech, these kids, and I mentioned this two or three weeks ago, that most of them, the ones that I've met, they're unbelievable neshamas. You know what their problem is? I told you this a few weeks ago, the problem is that they're, that they're honest. That's the problem. They're honest. They see, through, they see through the fake eye of their parents. They see through the hypocrisy of many of their teachers. And they're saying, I'm not going to be a faker. But if you give them real Yiddishkeit, these, are the, these would be the biggest Jews on earth. And they, and they can be, and Mitzvah they will be. But, but they just don't buy into the game. They're not going to just go through and do it by half. Many of the adults, the adults just go, they, they'll ask the kids, like, why do you, many, many times these kids will just ask their father, they ask their mother, what are you doing? Why do you do that? Like, what? I want you to put on film. Why? Why do you put on film? Well, uh, as, uh, my, my, you know, your grandfather is what he took. Well, no, no, why do you put on film? I don't think that. Doesn't see, I see you put on film for 10 seconds, you take them off when you're home. I see you don't bother. What do you mean? Why should I do that? I'm not going to be a faker like you. That's what they're thinking. And by the time they're, then they don't say that when they're 9, 10, 11, because they're afraid. But then when they're 15, 16, 17, they'll say it straight. You're fakers. I'm not going to fake. I'm not buying into it. It's also where people have other kids flip out when they go to Yeah. They see something new. That's exactly it. When they get to Hedges and they see and they see Yiddishkeit, they see Jews that are on fire, you see that, that they mamish, they get they get completely they get they become inflamed with it. There's nothing it's not the kids. The kids are only the, the, the Jewish kids. They're beautiful children. <coughs> this is in every generation. When the children the children see mysterious nefesh by parents. If they see mysterious nefesh, especially with a father when it comes that the father's learning. They see a father that's learning, and they see a mother that's davening, and they see chassadim, and they see a, a strength of character and avoided with mysterious nefesh. So that's the Rebbe saying. He says it's easy enough now to just point fingers at the kids and to blame all the young people. You see, look at this, look, look what you're doing, look what you're doing. I wasn't like that, I wasn't like that, and that's not how we were when we were children. So the kid could say, listen, I got news for you, your father wasn't like you. That's what the kid could say. How come, you how come you don't want to be like me? So, so the kid could say, I mean, if, if my, if maybe if I, maybe if, if my father was like your father, I would be such a good, I would be a good Jew like you. But I'm stuck with you. You're my father. So I'm turning out even less than you. Even less. That's how it generally goes. That's the usual mahalach. But nowadays, what Israel mentioned a minute ago, is such the, the phenomenon of these days where their kids were making complete turnaround in the opposite direction. And then, then, then the saddest thing of all is then when you get sometimes a parent who rejects that new way of the child. That's the saddest thing of all. Like here, the kid, the kid is mamish, is mamish turning things around. And many of the parents feel uncomfortable with that. Like, well, you, you're more religious than me? So I understand that before you were telling me you're, you're upset, how come I don't want to go to shul? Now you're telling me that, 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 I'm, that I'm a fanatic because I always want to go to shul. The kids don't know what to do. So that's why many of them just say to their parents, they say, oh, forget it. You know, I'll pay taxes, just leave me alone. Whatever the taxes mean, you know, I'll, I'll be the good son or the good daughter. But they don't, they don't buy into it. They don't, they don't get with the parents, where the parents are coming from because really the parents don't know where they're coming from. So they, the kids, the kids just look at the parents. The, the father, the father's worried he's going he has to be more, the kids to be more religious. So go ahead, just to make him more religious. Comes back, the kid comes back, really religious. The father is too religious. And this is what it is. This happens all the time. I've been dealing with this for years. Take it easy. What's the matter? What's the matter? I just want you to be the person that, go, that gets up and goes to school at 9:20, hops to school, says a little talks for an hour about how good the kiddush was, goes to the kiddush club or something by after has some schnapps, comes home, makes a couple of cracks at the table, 
uh, you know, you'll excuse me, belches out a, 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 a one, one's muse or something, and God's listen. And, uh, you know, like the story that they, they say about, they, 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 you know, uh, they say that this woman, the woman comes to the Rebbe, that pretty much sums it up, huh? The, uh, the woman, the, you have this, uh, this is your life. The, uh, the woman comes to, the woman comes to the Rebbe, yeah, everybody knows this, that the woman comes to the Rebbe and says, Rebbe, what am I going to do with my son? So she says, what's the matter? She gets up every morning and he goes to Mikveh and after Mikveh he says he says tell him for her father he learns for now and then he goes to Shul he sits and he learns all day and then Agnach, again with her Amincha takes him in Rebbe what am I going to say Rebbe says well, what's the matter that's, that's what I do also she says but Rebbe he means it <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid he means it <laughs> I know you just do it because it's the business but he really is sincere alright so then the parents say where, well, where did they leave the kid the kid's mom is confused. Mom is confused. So first, I'm not religious enough. And then I get all these people <coughs> that I, that I, I have to be God. I work on myself so hard to be able to talk, to try to be able to deal with these people. Like I, I get calls every week from, you know, the, in, especially it's amazing. There are certain, there are people like here in our community who, who if you give them $10,000, they wouldn't step foot into the shul. Isn't that right? As long as you're davening, I don't care. You're davening here, you're davening there. $10,000, every week I get at least six, I'm not exaggerating, six or seven calls, can you, can you talk to my son, can you talk to my daughter? So I said, what's the matter? Go talk to, take him to your rabbi. What are you, what are you, what are you coming to me? I'd like to learn a little bit and I have my own chavarim over here. What are you hacking me? So where, where does that come from? Uh, well, uh, you know, I, I, uh, maybe I become a member. I said, no, you don't get it. I'm not interested in your membership. I have nothing, that has nothing to do with it. I don't care where And it could be a Jew that comes from, a Jew that comes from, from, from uh, you know, from um, out of Mongolia. It doesn't make a difference to me. You're a Yid. And, I, and if I can, I'll talk to you, to your child. But, but now, all of a sudden, what? Now you worry. Because you see that you caught your kid smoking Shabbos, and you caught your kid that the kid doesn't put on film. So until now, your Yiddish guy was fine. You thought it was working for you, my friend, right? I don't say this, this is what I'm thinking. <laughs> but until now, you're a Yiddish guy. It was working, why? He goes along with it. He's going, he's doing it. He's doing it, he's going to be like me. Oh, now he found him smoking in Shabbos. Give out. So now it's not enough that he should just, now it's not enough that he should hear some speech about Palestinians on Shabbos. Or, or you know, whatever. Now it's not enough. Now what? Now you want to, oh, now you want, we should introduce him to the Balshamtiv. Until now, the Balshamtiv wasn't, it wasn't good. And now we want to, to bring the Balshamtiv into his life. Of course, because why? Because he's a Jew and he doesn't want to see, see he doesn't want to see his child go to go off the path, go off the path. But you understand that the riches in it is, is mind-boggling. I mean, not the riches, the, the stupidity, the halaymas that people have. The halaymas. Either that, or they figure they just see all the send, the whole thing is we'll send to Israel. Send to Israel. And then they'll do like it's like you know you, you put him through one of these car wash you put him through a car wash he'll come out and I show his boy where Yamak is sit just out a little bit don't worry and in six months we'll put the tits back in the husband tells the wife he is okay is okay don't worry <laughs> he, he, he he'll go to college he'll meet a nice girl he'll put his tits in don't worry about it but, uh, but at least he's putting on film and he does a smoke on Shabbos and this and, and uh, we've done now we've done our job this is uh, this, this is. It's Rahmanus on the parents, it's Rahmanus on the teachers. And, and it's not new, it's exactly what everybody's talking about. 
that unless you're on fire, you can't give over to your children that, that passion for Yiddishkeit. That's all. It doesn't work. And then he says that, that just to, to blame them, he says if they had grandparents or great-grandparents, even with those problems, they would have, they would have, they would have come out. They would still come out Siddiquim and Gedalim. It's not, it's not just the kids' fault. Of course there's problems with the kids. But it's our fault. It's our fault. I'm going to continue next time.